This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 6th Sunday of Easter, the 1st of May. One of the things that never ceases to amaze me nowadays whenever I attend a school production or a concert is the way that children and young people learn so easily from memory lots and lots of lines. Growing up as a child, we were all made to learn all kinds of different formulae from times tables to prayers and the catechism to poetry and literature. One of my earliest recollections is taking part in a version of the biblical story of Daniel in the lion's den. I was the narrator and I can remember to this day standing on stage and delivering the opening line having learned it by heart. In those days, King Darius of the Persians, I went on. What is learnt in childhood so often sticks and what we learn in childhood should never need to be relearned. Later in life, one of my musical tutors used to say that the difference between an amateur and a professional is that the amateur is someone who will learn something until they get it right once, whereas the professional is the one who will learn a piece until they can never get it wrong. I was being taught to aim for somewhere in between. And from the earliest times of the church, there's been an emphasis placed upon not just knowing, but learning our faith, so that we can articulate it and proclaim it. Generation after generation of Catholics have been able to do this by using the commandments and the creed as a point of reference, something that we should do with ease and facility, much in the same way that a scout or a guide can pronounce the promises they made. St. Augustine in the 4th century told Christians never to take their faith for granted, but to recite the creed often, daily, so that we don't forget it and that we can tell others by it what we believe. He says, The creed of the holy mystery that you have all received together, and that today you have recited one by one, are the words on which the faith of Mother Church is firmly built, upon the stable foundation that is Christ the Lord. You have received it and recited it, but in your minds and hearts, you must keep it ever present. You must repeat it in your beds, recall it in the public squares, and not forget it during meals. Even when your body is asleep, you must watch over it with your hearts. This is what we do every week at Mass, so that our brothers and sisters in the faith are helped by that same conviction and hope that we've been given. So I can remember as a young altar boy singing the credo at high mass each Sunday, even before I knew what the words meant or could pronounce the Latin correctly. It's this profession of faith that makes us stand aside and apart from others that we live and work with. It's what makes us distinctly Catholic and proud to be so. One of the earliest pieces of Christian writing that's come down to us is a famous letter to a character called Diognetus. It's not certain exactly who Diognetus is, but the writer of this letter seems to be reminding him of an important reality. He says, Christians are distinguished from other people either by nationality, languages or customs. They do not inhabit separate cities of their own, or speak a strange dialect, or follow some outlandish way of life. Their teaching is not based upon 
reveries inspired by the curiosity of men. Unlike some other people, they champion no purely human doctrine. With regard to dress, food and manner of life in general, they follow the customs of whatever city they happen to be living in, whether it is Greek or foreign. And yet there is something extraordinary about their lives. They live in their own countries as though they were only passing through. To speak in general terms, we may say that the Christian is to the world what the soul is to the body. Such is the Christian's lofty and divinely appointed function from which he is not permitted to excuse himself. In this Easter season, we're meant, above all, to be renewing our hope and optimism, that faith and optimism that we're given by the resurrection, the more so as we face together the common enemies that attack our faith and culture as Christians. Every Sunday, we're not only professing our faith together here, but we're listening to the Acts of the Apostles, which tell us of the struggles and the persecutions at the beginning, which translate into very similar scenarios today. Those who have adhered to Christ in every generation since then have borne witness to the fact that they've been happy to do this and been able to suffer for the sake of his name. The month of May begins today, and because it's the month regarded as the most beautiful and most hopeful of all, it's given over to Mary. It coincides this month with the tercentenary of the death of one of the great promoters of devotion to Mary, St. Louis-Marie de Montfort. He was something of a firecracker in his time, a poet-priest who preached a radical devotion to God alone. But how this life of our baptismal consecration could be lived more effectively by means of devotion to Mary. His spirituality is both confused and attracted people because he proposes a lofty mysticism combined with the down-to-earth simple love of God's mother. He tells us to imitate Mary, who he says, in comparison to Jesus, is of, no, is of less worth than an atom, for the very simple reason that Christ did the same. He was formed in her womb. Her teaching formed his mind. He spoke words that would confound the world of kings and princes and establish the church with words that Mary had taught him. When he gave his life on the cross, he did so with the body Mary had prepared for him. And when he looked on love with love on the poor, they may well have commented amongst themselves, he has his mother's features. Marian devotion was the first act that the God incarnate performed. And if to be Christian is to imitate Christ, then there is nothing more fundamentally Christian than to love his mother. The essence of the spiritual teaching of St. Louis de Montfort is simple and as simple as that. If we sometimes tremble before God, we can stand beside Mary, who has been given the grace that we all long for, friendship with Christ. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that we may celebrate with heartfelt devotion these days of joy, which we keep in honour of the risen Lord, and that what we relive in remembrance, we may always hold to in what we do. Through Christ our Lord.